Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you're asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a thousand homes per year. In today's episode, Jeff walks us through the secret to getting more listings signed, having a strong listing presentation that includes strong marketing ideas and more importantly, how to present them. This episode will walk you through how to put together or enhance your listing presentation to get more listings signed. Now let's hear from Jeff Glover. Welcome everybody. We are ready for another session of Sizzle and Summer webinars. This is our fifth of six sessions that we put together based specifically on what the needs of the market and the industry are right now. And I'm excited about this one because I get to do this one alone. You know, the other ones we've been interviewing are other coaches who specialize in one area or another. And we've had some great discussions. By the way, if you haven't had a chance to check out those other webinars, you can do so. Where you signed up for this one, probably gloveryou.com forward slash webinar. As you are scrolling to get to this session, you will see the other ones there and it'll give you the option to watch the replay. We've had a lot of you ask if these are being recorded. Yes, they are. That's where you go find them. So if you want to know about buyer mastery, if you want to know how to go from salesperson CEO, any of those other other uh, forty five, I'm sorry, fifty five minute webinars are there. Gloveryou.com forward slash webinar. By the way, my name is Jeff Glover. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Quick little intro, and then I'm going to share some resources for those of you that are repeat uh, attendees. We love you. Thanks for being on. Uh, I'm told that any. All of these webinars, we've been averaging between 20 and 25% of the attendees as their first time to anything Glover U. So for the 75% of you that have heard this a million times, bear with me for the next few minutes. And of course, for those of you that are on for the first time, thank you for taking a chance on us. We know your time is valuable. Again, my name is Jeff Glover. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I've been listing and selling real estate for just over 19 years now. I am on the ground with you selling between 75 and 100 homes per year personally. In fact, over the last decade, I've averaged over 100 sales per year. Our team sells between 900 and 1,000 right here in the great state of Michigan. And everything we share at Glover U is based on not what we did 10 years ago, not what we did 10 weeks ago, what we're doing right now. That's why we believe we are the fastest growing training and coaching organization on the planet because we're sharing with you real actionable information. Not stuff that we read in a book, not stuff that we read in a, in, a, in a Facebook group or heard in a mastermind, stuff we're using and applying right now. And today's particular topic is an exciting one because as the industry progresses, as things change, our value proposition needs to change. The way we present to consumers need to change. And so we're going to talk about building a strong seller value proposition today. And just as important, if not more important, is how to present a strong seller value proposition. Because here's what I find. Agents actually do a pretty decent job if they put time and energy into it in creating a list of things that they do to sell homes. And a lot of times there's a lot of unique things on that list. While the challenge is, how do you present it in a way that the consumer says, yes, I want to list with you. We're going to talk about that today. Before we do, I want to share with you some free resources. Obviously, you're on the webinar today, so you're aware of that. We do free webinars constantly. You always go to GloverU.com to check those out. 
The next resource I want to mention, if you would, either wherever you're taking notes on your laptop or if you're writing on a yellow pad, I'm old fashioned, believe it or not, I still use yellow pads. I want you to write down the following for me, please. Write down the number 55444, 55444. And next to that, I want you to write the word morning, M-O-R-N-I-N-G, morning. If you text the word morning to 55444, you will be signed up for my daily message. What is that? Well, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I send out a text message to all of our followers, something informative, something inspiring, something knowledgeable. A lot of times it's the exact same thing I shared with our team on our call that morning. So that way you can stay plugged in, in tune to everything that we're doing. There's no sales pitches in there. You know, from time to time, I might say we've got an event coming up next week. But for the most part, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, I'm sharing with you knowledgeable, informative, inspiring action ideas, marketing ideas, scripts, all through that message. It's a free text message, absolutely no cost to sign up. How do you sign up? You text the word morning to 55444. Morning to five, just like if you were texting a new friend, you open up a text chat, send out the word morning to that phone number 55444. It's five digits. How it works, I don't know, but it does. All right. Next, the Glover U Inner Circle. Many of you are already probably in this. That's maybe how you heard of today's session, which by the way, tomorrow we've got a really great one with Greg Erlinger. Him and I are going to go back and forth on becoming a marketing master this same time tomorrow. So make sure you join us for that. Where do you find out about stuff like that? You join the Glover U Inner Circle. It is a free Facebook group. Again, I know 70% of you are already in there. For the other 30% of you that are not, you open up your Facebook app. You click on the little magnifying glass on the top right-hand corner. It's going to bring up a search bar. You type in Glover U Inner Circle, and it's going to come up. It's free to join. Generally speaking, when you request to join, you're let in there after about 24 hours. While you're joining, it's going to ask you if you'd like to subscribe to our Glover Gazette. All right. This is a quarterly publication. Our next one is in the works right now. It's about 45, 50 pages of all real estate related information for brokerages, team leaders, listing agents, lead listing agents, you name it. It's all sales and business related. It's an absolutely free publication. In fact, 35,000 copies of these go out to realtors across North America. Go to, go to uh, when you're joining the inner circle, it's going to ask you if you want to sign up for this. Just put in your mailing address or wherever you want it sent, and we'll send it out to you again, absolutely no cost. That's called the Glover Gazette, and you can get that through joining the inner circle. Last but certainly not least, I know a lot of you are podcast fans. It's my recommendation for those of you that are podcast fans. There's five days per week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You join, or I'm sorry, you listen to a different podcast every day of the week, right? Maybe on Monday, you listen to John Maxwell. Maybe on Tuesday, you listen to a comedian. On Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or whichever day, I would suggest you choose ours. And it's called the Live Unreal Podcast. That's called the Live Unreal Podcast. Live Unreal Podcast. Once per week, we drop a new episode of something we're talking about relating to the real estate business, a new strategy, a new idea from time to time. At our events, we'll take a breakout session from our event and we'll share that on the podcast as well. Absolutely free of cost, no charge for you to have access to that. And again, that's called the Live 
on a real podcast. Okay. So thank you for bearing with me for the first seven or eight minutes on the free resources. I wanted to make sure I got those out to the 20 or 25% of you that are on here for the first time. Let's get into today's particular topic. So today we're talking about building a strong seller value proposition and creating a situation where you can win more sellers at the table. So this is really actually two-part. I'm going to give you some ideas and and strategies for building a strong seller proposition, which I'm also going to share with you ours. And I'm going to give you some scripts and dialogues that you can use to get the consumer to buy into your value proposition so they're more likely to sign with you at the table. So we're going to have some fun with that in just a moment. Before we do, I want to have you write down, and some of you that were at our event in uh, Traverse City this past July, you're familiar with this. So bear for the few of you that were at that event, bear with me for this next seven or eight minutes as I go through this. But I want you to write down, or if you missed this portion, this is a good makeup session for you then. I want you to write down five reasons, five reasons why focusing on sellers is more important than ever right now. Go ahead and write that down or type that into your notes. Five reasons why focusing on sellers is more important now than ever. Because we're going to lay the foundation and then we're going to get into the value proposition stuff. Five reasons why focusing on sellers is more important now than ever. All right. And for those of you that were at the retreat, just bear with me for a moment while I get to these. I promise I'll get to the good stuff. Reason number one, ready? Because the path of most resistance leads me down the path to most freedoms. The path of most resistance takes me down the path to most freedoms. I mean, think about this. In the real estate business, it's very high rejection. All right. So if it's high rejection and I'm getting a lot of resistance up front, that's a good thing. That means I'm heading down a path where I'm going to have more control over my schedule. And of course, I'm going to have more time for myself. I had this quote in my office for years and years. It's now actually out on the wall in the lobby of our office. The more rejection I get, the more money I make, period. The more rejection I get, the more money I make, the more I put myself in situations where I'm being rejected regularly, which we are by sellers all the time, the greater chance I have of hitting my goals. So the path of most resistance actually leads me down the path of most freedoms. Think about it. Buyers drive you around like crazy today. Write an offer here, it gets rejected. Write an offer here, it gets rejected. Go show more homes, inspection falls apart. There's a lot of resistance in working with sellers, right? You know, they're challenging you on your commission. They're challenging you on the price of their home. They're challenging you on price reductions once you have their listings as you may be experiencing the market starting to soften a bit. There's a lot of resistance in working with sellers, but you know what? At the end of the day, the path of most resistance is what's going to take me down the path of most freedoms. Number two, reason why mastering sellers is critical right now market conditions. Go ahead and write that down, market conditions. And for those of you that were at the retreat up in Traverse City, and if you're wondering, what's this retreat, Jeff? We do two main events per year. We do one in the summer in Northern Michigan, and we do one in the winter in Orlando, Florida. It's called the Live Unreal Retreat, which takes place in the summer. The Live Unreal Summit takes place in the winter. Market conditions. I wrote down, if listings are down, I'm going to get more of them, period. If listings are down, I'm going to get more of them. That is my mentality. If listings are down, my mentality is I'm going to get more of them. Why is that? 
Because the average agent in my market is buying into this idea that if listings are down, they're going to take less. Think about that for a second. It's just kind of human nature. Well, if listings are, well, no wonder why my listings are down because there's less listings available in the market. Well, gosh, if there's less homes coming on the market, I guess that'll mean that I'm going to have less listings taken. That is the average real estate agent's mindset. My mindset, if listings are down, I know my competitors are buying into this idea that listings are down. I'm going to go get more of them. And by the way, this isn't just a, a, a silly mindset. There's actually factual data to back this up. For those of you that were listing and selling real estate alongside myself back in 2005, when the market was at its all-time high, in fact, obviously now we've got a new peak, back in 2005, that was our last peak. And at that time, we had about 1.2, 1.3 million realtors in the US. And we were selling about 5 million homes, okay? 1.2, 1.3 million realtors selling 5 million homes. Not bad. Well, when you fast forward to 2010 and the amount of agents selling real estate dropped from 1.2 down to 800,000 or about a 35% decline. I mean, think about it. Most brokerages, most offices were cut in half, a lot of them. A lot of them closed, a lot of them merged. We went from 1.2 million realtors to around 800,000 realtors. And oh, by the way, sales only went from about 5 million to 4.6 million, right? So if you think about it percentage-wise, the sales only dropped by maybe 15 18% at the most, but the amount of agents available to work that business dropped by 35%. So what does that mean? That meant then there was actually more to go around for those that worked at it every day. And so that market taught me that if I make the decision to get a greater market share of anything I want, I can go get it. Now, of course, I have to come up with ideas and strategies and marketing and scripts and I have to work hard, but if I don't have the mentality, then am I going to put in the time? Probably not. So moving forward, I want you to think about the rest of the year. If listings are down in my market, I'm just going to go get more of them because your competitors are buying into the fact that they're down. So the market's down, so they're down. Number three, I wrote down the employer versus the employee. Many of you have heard me share this story, so I'll make it brief. I first got into the business. My broker, Tim Riley, he's no longer with us today, said, Jeff, you have two choices in this business. You can either be an employer or you, making the, you can make the decision to be an employee. I said, Tim Riley, uh, what do you mean by that? Okay, I'm brand new, sitting in his office, you know, 18, 19 years old, thinking, how am I going to succeed against all these old timers, right? Well, when you're 18 or 19 years old, anyone that's in their 30s is an old timer, right? I'm realizing that now. I'm, I'm like the old timer. So I'm sitting in his office, and I'm wondering, how am I going to succeed, Tim? And he said, Jeff, you first need to make a decision. You're either going to be an employer or you're going to be an employee, Okay. Well, which one, Jeff? Well, I don't know. Tell me the difference, Tim. Obviously, employer sounds better just when you compare, you know, compare the two, knowing what I know. He said, well, the employer works their butt off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, from 7.30, 8 a.m. in the morning until 4.35, 5.30, sometimes 6 o'clock at night, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, to go out and take listing inventory and put it on the shelves for all of the employees to spend their nights, their weekends, their holidays, their otherwise would-be time with family out showing all the inventory of the employers. So Jeff, would you rather be an employer or an employee? Tim, based on that, let's go. I want to be an employer. And so I made the decision 
within a month and a half of being in the business, I think I was 40 days into the business and I'm sitting in his office wondering how I'm going to succeed at this. I made the decision that I was going to be a great listing agent. I made the decision that I was going to be an employer, not an employee. Number four, why this topic is so important right now before we get into the actual topic itself. I wrote down the ROI on your T-I-M-E, ROI on your time. The ROI on your time. We did a study a few years back that found that the average buyer transaction takes about 38 and a half hours to transact. Comparison, the average seller transaction, 19. 38 and a half hours for buyer sales, 19 hours for a listing sale. All right, well, that tells me I can do about twice as much business in focusing on sellers. So now it becomes a higher dollar per hour that I'm earning because of my focus on sellers. And finally, reason number five is just simply, as you know, buyer deals are just tougher to get done today. Buyer deals are just tougher to get done today, right? You know, show two or three homes, write an offer, it gets rejected. Show two or three homes, write an offer, it gets rejected. Show two or three homes, write an offer, it gets rejected. So those are the five. Now, of course, I know it's softening, which I love that. You know, a softening market is a good thing for us, especially for listing agents. You realize your value as a real estate agent increases as the market softens. More sellers are likely to hire a professional to help them when the market softens. So this is a good thing. If you're experiencing a little bit of a softening in your market, trust me when I tell you that's a good thing, especially if you're a listing agent. And if you're a buyer's agent, it's not a bad thing either. Now, I know a lot of agents who work with buyers are going to say, thank gosh, I won't have to compete with 18 other offers on this listing. Well, you might not have to compete with 18 other offers on that listing, but you're now going to have to show a lot more homes, right? So there's kind of the, 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 the catch-22 in that. All right. So those are the five reasons why we're having this discussion today. Now let's get into actually building a seller value proposition. So more high, more sellers hire you at the table. So wherever you're taking notes, just kind of draw a line or turn to a clean sheet of paper. And we're going to talk about what I call the eight part sniff test for a value proposition. I call this the eight part sniff test for a seller value proposition. And then we're going to get into an actual value proposition. I'm going to do a sampling of our value proposition, present a few things to you so you can see how they're presented. Because remember, loud and clear on this, one of your takeaways I want from today to be, doesn't matter how strong my value proposition is, if I'm not presenting it well, it does me no good. And so I'm going to give you a formula of how to present a strong value proposition. So first things first, let's take this eight-part sniff sniff test for your value proposition. So part one, ready? Be as specific and clear as possible. Be as specific and clear as possible. All right. When you're, and we're going to show our value proposition just a little bit, but when you're presenting your value proposition, I want one, no more than two sentences. All right. I want it to be easily read in a sentence or two. I want to be able to understand what it is. And I'm going to give you examples in a moment. That's part one. Part two, avoid self-serving statements. Avoid self-serving statements. Okay, this is not about you. It is about them. All right, this is, they want to hear all about how what you're doing is going to benefit them. It's a huge mistake that a lot of agents make when they're presenting their value proposition. They share all the features without sharing the benefits. 
they don't care about the features. They only care about the benefits. And we'll get to a good formula on that in a moment. So part one, be as specific and clear as possible. Part two, avoid self-serving statements. Make it about them. Number three, state how your value differs from others. State how your value differs. They're looking for something different almost always. So without putting down the competition, make sure you're always bringing out ways that yours differs. And you're going to see that in my presentation in a moment. I use things such as others that you may be considering or the other agents in the market or other agents out there. Again, you're not putting anyone specifically down. You're not putting anybody down for that matter. You are, however, pointing out how you differentiate. Super important. Number four, communicate, communicate a powerful benefit with a tangible outcome. When presenting your value proposition, make sure it's not just all features. I want to know how this is going to benefit me. How am I going to feel this? What is my tangible outcome or measurable result? This is the eight-part sniff test for a value proposition. Part five, create a sense of urgency. Does your value proposition create a sense of urgency? Well, how do I create a sense of urgency in a value proposition? My recommendation is you use a timing analysis. If we have time today, I'm going to give you an example of a timing analysis. Your value proposition must create a sense of urgency. Otherwise, they're going to think they have all the time in the world. Again, in a moment, I'm going to get get to an example of that, assuming we have time, which I think we will. That's part five. Part six, does your value proposition mitigate the seller's potential risk? Does your value proposition mitigate the seller's potential risk? In other words, does it talk about appraisal issues? Does it talk about inspection issues? Is there a way that you could clearly, in, in a sentence or two, explain the issues that we're having in listing and selling property today. Mitigate their risk. That's number six. Number seven, each part of your value proposition must be clearly understood in five seconds or less. Each part of your value proposition must be clearly understood in five seconds or less. And then finally, number eight, Does your value proposition establish credibility and is it proven? Does your value proposition establish credibility and is it proven? In other words, does somebody look at your value proposition and say, man, this guy or this gal is proven. Wow, they are credible. Does it do that? Credibility and proven. So that is the eight-part sniff test for a value proposition. So in a moment, I'm going to go through our value proposition, but I want to share with you just a couple things. I want to make sure that you're having a discussion with your consumer about the difference. Write this down. Make sure you know and understand the difference between institutional and promotional advertising. There's two different things there. Institutional versus promotional. So just write that down. Institutional versus promotional. Why is it important that I cover institutional versus promotional? 
Well, it's important because a lot of things that you do or a lot of things that your team does or a lot of things that your company does are institutional, things that promote the company, things that promote the team, or things that promote you as an individual agent if you're a solo agent. There's a lot of things that are done to promote you, your brand, your team's brand, your company's brand. And what we have to do a better job of as as listing agents is communicating and articulating to the consumer that there's just as much, if not more value in the institutional marketing as there is in the promotional marketing. So in a nutshell, institutional marketing is marketing to promote the company, to promote the team, to promote the individual. It's also known as your brand today. And that could be your personal brand. That could be a combination of your personal brand plus your team's brand or your personal brand plus your brokerage's brand. Anything you do to promote yourself to get more business, more listings, more buyers, more sellers, that is considered institutional advertising. On the other side of the coin is what we call promotional advertising. And promotional advertising is everything you do to promote a a specific property or the features of a specific property. That's called promotional advertising. That is when a seller says, well, I get all the marketing you guys do, but what are you going to do to sell my home? They want to know the specifics of what you're going to do to sell their home, step-by-step specific. That's called promotional marketing. My recommendation, you spend just as much time, if not more, on selling them and showing them how institutional advertising is just as effective or if not more than promotional advertising. Because what happens is they see all your institutional advertising, right? They see you on social media or you know, maybe you have a billboard in your town or maybe you've got a good web presence on Google or maybe your brokerage is very well known. That's all considered institutional marketing, institutional advertising. That carries a lot of weight. That has a lot of value if you make it part of your value proposition. And so you'll see in a moment when we pull up our seller value proposition, how I present the difference or how I essentially link the two together, how institutional advertising, this is your goal. The seller needs to understand that institutional advertising actually does benefit them. It actually is going to be one of the keys in getting their home sold. And then of course, promotional advertising, that's an easy one. Well, that's everything you're doing to promote their specific property. All right, whether you're advertising it on social media, you're holding an open house or broker open or tours or whatever you're doing. So I want to make sure moving forward, you have a good understanding of the difference between institutional and promotional advertising and that you're presenting both on listing appointments and making sure they understand that the institutional marketing is just as powerful as the promotional. It's super important that you're presenting both of those as equals. Otherwise, they're going to think, well, that's great, Jeff. I know you guys have a great reputation. I know you guys do all the social media. I know you have billboards. I know you do advertising. I'm familiar with your company or I see your signs, but how is that going to help me? Well, Mr. Mr. Seller, we have people that reach out to us and say they want to work with us to help them find a home. Many times they're selling their home in Royal Oak and they're moving to Rochester. And when they call us to sell their home in Royal Oak because of our brand or because of our marketing or because of our advertising, and they become a buyer for us in Rochester, that actually means we've got a greater chance of double-ending your property. And can I explain the benefits of double-ending your property? And of course, you guys know what the benefits of the seller could be in that case. You present that however you want. But I wanted to start off today's 
topic after I went through the eight-part sniff test with, okay, now that we're going to get into the actual value proposition, how good of a job are you doing presenting the difference between institutional versus promotional? Because if you do a good job presenting institutional and you do a good enough job in presenting in a way that it's almost as good, if not more valuable than what you're going to do individually, meaning all of your action items promotionally or to, to pr- do promotional marketing for their property, then you're going to find your conversion rate go through the roof. You're going to find that more sellers are going to hire you at the table because they are now linking the two together. They're now linking the idea that because you do so much advertising at your company or so much marketing online or so much branding through social media, that's actually going to help them sell their home. And that is our job today in 2021 to help sellers understand that institutional advertising is just as important, if not more important than promotional. And in a second, you're going to see how we do that. So I wanted to make sure we covered that. Okay. So I'm going to share with you before I go through a few items on our plan of action, I'm going to share with you four steps in presenting a value proposition. So write this down. Four steps in presenting a value proposition or what I would call high level feature and benefit selling. I mean, what you, you've heard for years, features and benefits, right? We're a custom, you know, when you're, when you're a customer, in fact, for those of you that subscribe to the daily message, this was yesterday or today's message. I talked about how we're programmed as consumers to hear a feature and instantly our mind goes to, okay, how is this going to benefit me? So since we're already programmed to do that, I mean, think about it. Last time you went into a appliance store or a mattress store or a furniture store or even a car dealership, all right? Last time you walked into anything retail or even if you bought online, because I know you're going to say, well, you know, I bought online, so it wasn't. Promise me, I promise you, you're looking at how things are going to benefit you. So when the, when the salesperson is saying, oh, this mattress has 837 coils compared to that one at 647, your mind instantly goes to, well, how does 225 more coils benefit me. So the key when we're presenting the plan of action is to come with a benefit the moment they're wondering it. Because if you can answer that question in their mind, the second they're thinking of it, you're going to gain a higher level of rapport and they're going to buy into more of what what you are presenting to them, which is going to increase your conversion ratio at the table. So let me share with you the four steps to presenting a value item. Four steps to presenting an item on your value proposition. Ready? Step one, I want you to write down knowledge. Knowledge. And essentially what I'm, what I'm doing here is I'm finding out if they have previous knowledge or if they're aware of what I'm, of the feature that I just mentioned. All right. So before I go into, I'm sorry, let me, let me restate that. Before I present a feature to them, I want to see where their knowledge is on that particular feature. So step one is knowledge. And just next to that, write the following. Are you question mark? Have you question mark? Okay, I'm giving you the steps to present your plan of action. Step one is I want to know their current knowledge or previous knowledge on the subject before I go in to present the the feature. I'm going to give you these steps, and then I'm going to share with you a couple of our features and benefits and show you how I present it to a seller. Step one, knowledge, and write down, are you, have you? And I have just written down in my notes, in parentheses, familiar with, aware of, heard of, 
thought of, experienced before? So are you familiar with or have you heard of, have you experienced before? Have you heard of, have you thought of? Step one, knowledge. I'm testing their knowledge on a feature. Are you, have you, question mark. Are you familiar with? Have you heard of? Are you aware of? Have you thought of? Have you experienced? Okay, that's step one. And again, I'm going to share with you, and then we're going to put it all together in just a moment. Step two, ready? Write down under knowledge, benefit. Benefit. And this is where you explain the benefits to them. The key to having success, more success at the table than you're currently having right now, is to get into a good dialogue around each and every point in your plan, your listing plan of action. So once I have a listing plan of action, I need to know how to present it. Because more importantly, if you're wondering, well, Jeff, are we going to build plans of actions? Well, first of all, I just gave you some ideas for them. And yes, I'm going to show you a sample plan of action in a minute. But listen to me loud and clear when I say this. Presenting the plan of action is actually more important than the plan of action itself. Because that's where so many real estate agents miss the beat. You know, they get the fancy presentations or maybe it's on an iPad or, you know, maybe it's digital or it's a book that they open, whatever. How do you present it? What do you say? What questions do you ask? That is the power. And that's the reason why we're still listing more properties in the state of Michigan today than any other team because of how well we present our plan of action. By the way, when you're good at presenting your plan of action and you follow this method, they don't ask you to reduce your commission. They don't ask you to cut your commission because they see the value. So step two, explain the benefits. Step three, ready? Write down belief, belief. And next to that, I want you to write, could you slash do you question mark? Could you question mark? Do you question mark? I'll explain where I'm going with this in a second. Step three is belief. Could you? Question mark, do you? Question mark, ready? In parentheses, do you see the value in this? Could you see how this would help? Do you understand how this will benefit you? Do you see the difference here? Could you see how this would drive more traffic? Do you see how this could lead to multiple offers? Step three, belief. Could you, do you, and I have in parentheses, see the value, how it would help, understand the benefit, could you see the difference, et cetera. That's step three. And step four, finally, tie down. Tie down. Also known as a soft close. Tie down. Also known as a soft close. Step four. And just like I had you right next to belief and benefit and knowledge, I want you to write um, in support of question mark, okay with question mark, agree with question mark, in support of question mark, agree with question mark, okay with question mark. In other words, you're comfortable with us deploying this tactic. You're okay with us using this strategy. You're in support of this technique for selling your home. You're okay with this idea or this marketing piece or this strategy or this social media. You're okay with that. Great. 
You do not move on to your next action item on your plan of action until you get confirmation. And that's essentially what you're doing in step four. So you have step one, knowledge, step two, benefit, step three, belief, and step four, tie down. And I'm going to show you how to now take items on your plan of action and put that formula in place. So if you would, behind the scenes, pull up our plan of action, please. I want to share with our group an example of what our plan of action looks like. Thank you. So you might have to move your, your screen around to see it. Okay. This is a sample of our listing plan of action. This is what we take out on listing appointments today. By the way, I know we have a lot of you that have already asked, Jeff, when is your next session of listing mastery? All right. If you want more information on that program, I'll talk about it at the end. So this is our plan of action. When I go on a listing appointment, I'm putting this in front of a seller upside down, or if I'm next to them, next to them. And I'm going to share with you a couple of the items on here, how I put this step four-step formula in place. Because remember, it's not so much what's on here, it's how we present it. So I'm going to jump to step four on our plan of action. The plan of action reads clear and concise. Remember, one, one or two sentences at the most. Exclusive client relations system to allow for instant follow-up with buyers and constant communication, aka a CRM. Now, stepping out of the role play for a second, you and I know that not all agents use a CRM. You and I know that a lot of agents have a CRM and they don't use it to their fullest ability. I know that we use ours to our fullest ability. So when I'm going on an appointment and I'm explaining this one to potential seller, watch how I use the formula. So if you can imagine, I'm in front of a seller and I'm going to do a live role play, but like with myself. All right. So, you know, I'll, I'll try not to, you know, change my voice too much, but you'll figure it out. <laughs> all right. So Mr. and Mrs. Seller, are you familiar with client relations systems, client relation management systems? Are you familiar with? Step one, I'm trying to get their knowledge. Oh yeah. CRMs. Oh yeah. Yeah. I use one at work. Great. Well, one of the differences between our CRM and many of the other agents that you may be considering is we have a feature that ensures we have a response to every single lead that comes through within five minutes. Why is that? Well, that's because all of the studies tell us that we have the greatest chance of converting the lead to a showing within five minutes. Otherwise, our chance is gone. So we have an exclusive client relation management system that helps ensure that we are responding to leads within five minutes. Do you know that the National Association of Realtors does a study every year and they survey realtors? It's called the National Association of Realtors Home Buyers and Sellers Report. Every year they ask realtors, what is your average response time? Or they ask consumers, what is the average response time? Do you know it's one to two hours? And do you know that most consumers expect a response within five to 10 minutes? So could you see how working with a team that has an exclusive CRM that ensures that we respond to leads within five minutes could be a benefit to you? Could you see that? Absolutely. So then obviously, you know, the more leads we respond to, the greater chance of having more showings on your home. Would you be comfortable with us utilizing our CRM approach while selling your home? Yes, Jeff, we would. Great. So that is just one example of how I took one action item and I took it through the four steps. All right, let me give you another one. Okay, number six. Now on the plan of action, it's pretty basic. 
install a for sale sign with the text code to capture buyers instantaneously. This helps capture twice as many buyers. Now, for those of you that are real estate agents, obviously you're aware that's pretty common. Not everyone uses it though. So if not everyone uses it, I can say this is how we're different. So I might say, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, in doing your shopping, I mean, you've been driving around and doing research online. Have you, have you been paying attention to the yard signs at all, the real estate signs? Well, what do you mean, Jeff? Well, are you familiar with some of the real estate signs that, that have a phone number to an office, some of the real estate signs that might have a cell phone number to the agent, or have you seen the riders with text for info? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've seen all that. Again, step one, knowledge, testing their knowledge. Great. Well, we use a text for info service. Why do we use that? Because this ensures that we never miss a lead. You see, most agents today or most brokerages today, they include an office number and a cell phone number on their sign. Well, we're doing everything we can to drive traffic to the text. Why is that? Well, that's because if an if a consumer calls into a phone number and they don't get a live person instantly, they're hanging up and they're calling somebody else. We also have found that consumers are more likely to text for info so they can get an immediate response. Well, while they're doing that, guess what's happening? We're actually capturing their telephone number. And then within five minutes, that same CRM, that same system we just talked about is sending it through to our agents. So we respond within five minutes and get a quick response to that lead and potentially turn that into a showing. It's also important that we do it while they're in front of the sign because their emotion or their likelihood to say yes to us is a lot higher when they're in front of your house than when it's been an hour or two after they're on to something else or maybe at their next event. So could you see how us utilizing a text for info service on your sign could be a benefit to you? Oh yeah, based on that, absolutely, we do. Great. And you're okay with us installing that service on your sign and using it as another way to drive traffic? Sure. Not a problem at all, Jeff. Boom. There we go. Step one, step two, step three, step four. Now, you might be wondering, Jeff, are you doing this on every single one of those action items? No, I'm not. Uh, I'll tell you out of the 17, I'll probably do it on eight to 10. Usually about halfway through the listing presentation, they'll stop me and say, all right, Jeff, we get it. You guys do a lot to market homes. What's the next steps? And that's what you want. Because by the way, following that process, is going to cause them to not only buy into what you have to say, it's going to increase the level of rapport, you're building value. I'll give you one more example. All right, so let's just look at, at number nine. Make your home show better than the competition with professional photography. Again, does every real estate agent in your market use professional photography? No. So that is a differentiating factor. I don't care if 90% do. I don't even care if 99% do. As long as not all 100% do, you can say that's something that's different. So I'll say, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, are you familiar? Obviously, you've been looking online. Have you been paying attention to um, the type of photography and the photos that you're seeing on listings? Oh, yeah. You know, I can't believe some of the photos. You can tell, you know, I've seen pictures where agents are taking a photo and they're in the mirror or they're using their cell phone or there's still snow in the photos. Yeah, unfortunately, we see that all the time. And we actually have an in-house photographer. So I'm not even hiring a third-party contractor that could be you know, reliable, could not be reliable. We've got somebody on staff six days a week to go out and shoot all of our listings. That's all they do is shoot real estate photography. So could you see the benefit in listing with a team that has somebody on staff six days a week and that's all they do is shoot real estate photography? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Cause you got some agents, they'll hire wedding photographers. They'll hire events photographers. Hey, are you available this weekend? I need a favor. We've got somebody on staff. That's all they do. So you're comfortable with us using our on-staff photographer to shoot your home? Yeah, sure. And are you okay with a you know, drone and, and taking photos of above and all that? Oh, yeah, we'd love that. Yeah, you've got a great view out by the lake. That's going to show great. We actually will probably take the drone around the whole lake. That That is always helpful in getting home sold. You're comfortable with us using that technique? Yes, we sure are. I'm getting confirmation every single time on every single action item. The more confirmation I have, the greater value I'm building, the greater value I build, the more likely they are to not only sign with me, but not, not question the commission I'm charging because they see the value. So that is the four steps in action. Down at the bottom of this particular page is the home sale timeline. When I'm going on a listing appointment, I am not leaving without presenting this. Why? Because this creates urgency. You have to understand when you go on appointments today, they are just assuming that this process is going to happen quickly. And when they sign with you, they're going to be moving in like a week or two. So I make sure to always, whether I got the listing or not, present this. So I want to talk about Mr. and Mrs. Seller. You know, obviously we're here today. It's the 17th of August. And assuming you're comfortable with everything I have to say, we'll sign an agreement today. I do have all the paperwork ready to go. By the time the listing goes live, could be three to five business days. But by the time the listing goes live, you know, we'll need about a week to prepare the photos, the ads, the marketing, and so forth. I'm sure you're hearing that listings are selling quickly. We probably will have an agreement on your home seven to 10 days. I'm actually writing in dates of all of these things as, as when I think they'll happen. And oh, by the way, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, did you know right now it's taking about 35, 40 days to get to a closing table? No, I didn't know that. So sign an agreement 817. Listing goes live, let's just say 822. All right, we accept an agreement. Let's just call it 9-1. It took eight days to sell it. You know, we're not actually closing until probably 10-10, 10-15 to be safe. And oh, by the way, I can usually get you about 30 days in the home after closing, which would put us at the middle of November. So Mr. and Mrs. Seller, by agreeing to hire me today, you're actually not moving until mid-November. So I know a lot of times people say, well, if we sign with Jeff, it's going to sell fast. You know, we hear, we read all of his reviews online and everyone's talking about how fast his homes sell. Even signing today with how fast our homes are selling, you're actually not moving until November. So you got a little bit of time. Now, why do I present that on every single appointment? Because it creates urgency. It, it, it removes an objection. What is a common objection we get? Well, we need some time to get our stuff in order. You know, we need some time to get our house ready. We need some time to decide what we want to do. You got all the time in the world. I just showed you how you have all the time in the world. And so that is part of my value proposition, explaining this portion. We call that the timing analysis. This particular document is our listing plan of action. This is something that we help people build through our listing mastery program. I know many of you have probably been through it. It's been one of our longest standing programs, and it's one of our most popular because it is the one, the only one that I do. Everyone should have a listing plan of action for buyers, for sellers. You should also have a listing plan of action for high end. You should have a listing plan of action for middle of the road houses. You should also have a plan of action for low end. Why is that? Well, if you take out a high-end listing plan of action, you know uh, uh, something that has sample homes of you know eight hundred thousand, nine hundred thousand. You go on an appointment of two hundred thousand, they're going to think that you're going to be too busy for them. But on the contrary, if I'm going on an eight or nine hundred thousand dollar listing appointment and I'm bringing out something that has a two hundred thousand dollar looking house on the front of it, they're going to think I don't handle enough homes in their price range. 
So think about that as you're building your value proposition. I would consider that you, or I would suggest you build a value proposition for different segments. So there you have it. There's a sample of our value proposition and the four steps. Okay, a couple other items before we wrap up today. I want to make sure that your value proposition includes what we call a what happens next book. A what happens next book. Essentially, and of course, those that take our listing mastery, they get a copy of this. But what it is, is it answers all the questions that the seller will have from the time they hire you until the time the sale goes pending. Think about all of the stuff that comes up from the time they sign an agreement with you to the time they get a call from the photographer, what the photos look like, what the staging consultation looks like, what the showing time app is, what the lockbox, how that works. Create a value proposition or create a book that has everything from the time they sign until the time it goes pending. Why is that? Well, because if I'm on a listing appointment, you better believe, aside from timing, which we just covered, one of their other concerns is... Well, what happens after we sign? What's, you know, when are we going to see you again? When are we going to talk to you again? What happens next? So I would encourage you to create a what happens next book that answers all those questions. And if you're walking out of a listing appointment without a contract signed, you better not leave without presenting the what happens next book. If you do get a listing contract signed, here's what's great. You can pull it out, leave it right on top and ask them to review that after you leave sometime between now and the time our photographers here, you know, within the next week or so. What happens next book? As part of your value proposition, you should also include social proof. All right. Online reviews. Grab all your online reviews, put them into one place, put them in a printed document, put them somewhere where it's easy for them to access. And it's part of your listing presentation folder. And the last thing I wanted to address, because we get this question a lot from agents, is Jeff, I'm not on a team. So I don't have all the fancy stuff that you have or vice versa. Uh, we have agents that are on teams and they say, you know, I lost a listing because they wanted to work with just one person throughout the entire transaction. So here's my recommendation while you're putting your value proposition together. Let me take a quick swig of water. Without um, talking down to anybody, make sure that you are talking about the benefits of listing with a team or the benefits of listing with a solo agent. You can easily come up with six to 10 benefits for each of those, right? Listing with the team, you know, well-oiled machine. We've got a photographer. We got somebody that handles listings. We got somebody who handles showings. We got somebody who puts a sign in. What are the benefits of having specialized people in each category? Make that part of your value proposition or your what happens next book. Or if you're a solo agent, Okay, you have to point out the benefits of being a solo agent. One stop shop, you're dealing with the same person all the way through. You're not going to feel like you're getting passed around in the assembly line approach. You're dealing with me on everything. You have questions or issues or needs, you call me directly. That is the benefit of working with a solo agent, just as a for instance. Very important today because a lot of consumers are aware that there's teams and there's solo agents. Consumers are also aware of the differences to some degree. But when you're going out on appointments, I can promise you that they're looking for you to tell them whether you are part of a team or solo, and you better be explaining the benefits of whichever one you are. Because just as much as you explain the benefits of, of working with a team, a solo agent's going out on that appointment, they're explaining the benefits and disadvantages, I'm sorry, the disadvantages of working with a team and the benefits of working with a solo agent and vice versa. So make sure you build that into your value proposition. Okay. Speaking of building a value proposition, I want to share with you because a lot of people ask, we have probably once a week 
Somebody calls up to Glover U and says, hey, uh, can I hire Jeff? I want Jeff to coach me. And the reality is, as much as I've loved coaching, uh, I've done coaching for years. I don't coach individual agents anymore. I just coach our head coach, Kate Simon, who then in turn coaches our coaches. Of course, I have skill development calls and so forth with our coaches as well. So then the next question, when somebody says, well, how do I get to work with Jeff? The response that they give them is there's really only one program that Jeff does today. And that is our listing mastery program. Now, why do I do our listing mastery program? Well, because as of this moment in the last decade, I'm still averaging between seven to 15 listings taken per month. I mean, a bad month for me is like seven or eight listings right now, seven or eight listings a month in this listing scarce market with all the other stuff I'm doing. So this is the one thing that I've mastered at a very high level. In fact, again, over the last decade, I've sold on average over a hundred sales a year because of my focus on listings. So what we did is we took everything we do from start to finish, from our listing lead sources, to the scripts that we use, to the lead follow-up techniques, to our technology that we use, to the marketing that we use, to the listing, actual listing presentation itself, and we put it together in one package, and it's called Listing Mastery. So you see they pulled that up on the screen there. Our next group is launching August the 23rd, the week of the 23rd. Gosh, that's next week. This is the chance to work with me directly. We keep the group small. We keep it to like 25 or 30 attendees, no more. So you have a chance to ask questions. It's 40 minutes of content and 10 minutes of Q&A. So we might be talking about, for instance, today, we just finished our last session with our last group. I actually critiqued a listing presentation from start to finish. The members of the group submit their listing presentations and we critique them. Now, if you don't want your critique publicly, that's fine. I can do that privately and just send you my notes. If you want info on this program, you, you can text LISTING to 55444, LISTING to 55444, and you can be in our next 16-week group. We cap it at 30 attendees. So once we're at 30, that's it. All right. From time to time, we do have people that ask to be moved to another program, and maybe you know we have an opportunity to open it up to more, but 30 is the goal. All right, so there you see it. It's 16 sessions in a row. It's They're all on the same day and same time. It doesn't move around. They're always on Mondays. 45-minute Zoom discussions. And I'll tell you, for those that have been in the program before, you might be watching this now, we almost always go over. I almost always end up being 50 or 55 minutes of information because of the dialogue or the Q&A or whatever we're doing. You saw our listing plan of action. We actually build these in that course. I give you access to all of our listing material, everything I take on a listing presentation. I give you access to our printer. You know, I share with you essentially everything we're doing to take. By the way, our team is still taking 50 to 75 listings per month, 50 to 75 listings per month, even in this listing scarce market. So I share with you our sources of business, where they come from, personality styles. You actually will learn four different styles of presenting. When you finish this course, what do you mean four different styles? I'm still working on one, Jeff. There's four different communication styles, high D, high I, high S, high C. You're going to learn how to communicate with each one of those at a higher level, overcome every single seller objection they can give you. And most importantly, especially today, helping to have the seller understand price and costs related to price so that they sign with you without asking you to cut your commission. And if they do, we've got a bunch of handlers for that that you'll master as well. So it includes all that other stuff that you see on the screen there. If you want to be a part of that group, or if you just have questions, you text the word listing 
to 55444. The same phone number that you texted morning to to get on the morning uh, text messages, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So text listing to 55444. We start next week. If you have questions, that will answer your questions because it'll give you the breakdown. As you can see there, everything is online on GloverU.com under our programs. You go to GloverU.com to learn more, or you can sign up just by texting listing to 55444. That is the only program I do. For those of you that are wondering, how do I get coached by Jeff? That is it. All right. And don't get me wrong. I'm always bringing bonus material and other things. Hey, we shared this with our team today. So it's more than just listing mastery. I mean, it really is professional salesperson mastery because as you probably figured out by now, I'm pretty passionate about that. Make it a great week. See you guys. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff today on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.